Today, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. Direct TV Stream brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So stop waiting and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, broadcasting here from the Rounders Car Club Studios. Today's show is being presented by Hazel Sky Smoke Shop. San Antonio's number one premier upscale smoke shop. And this next segment, first segment of the second hour, is going to be sponsored by Integrity Advisors Agency of Stephen Reese. Stephen Reese is a fully virtual insurance broker who can handle all your insurance needs, whether they're um, auto life, home, or renters. And that's because he represents over 40 different carriers for insurance. Find your cheap rates out there. Give him a call. His number is 210-641-4000. That's Integrity Advisors Agency of Stephen Reese official sponsor of the sports yes yeah, so i remember when we ta- I talked to you about this i remember when um detroit when when the rams acquired stafford um you like that trey you like that signing you think you think stafford's going to fit in uh pretty good with the with the rams yeah, i mean i think he's a significant upgrade over uh, what they had previously i mean looking at looking at stafford's career there there was no question he was never going to win in Detroit, mm. and I don't think it's fair to just say that's because of Matthew Stafford. So, I, I mean, agree with that. Getting into a good environment in L.A. with a, uh, I mean, an offensive-minded, off, you could say, I mean, a young offensive genius in this league. I mean, that's a, that's a second career for Stafford that I could see really taking off. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I just it was kind of it was surprising to me that uh, the 49ers. I wasn't shocked, but it was surprising to hear Kyle kind of talk about how he was on vacation and then this was developing, and you know he was kind of frustrated because they wanted to get in and have a chance to get him. But you know, but I agree with you. I never really put all the blame on Stafford. Um, you know, he's on the little bit backside of his career, but he's not that old. Um, you know, he, I think he's got some, if he can stay healthy, he's got some good years left and you put him with McVay. Um, and I really think what he does and what McVay sees that is probably going to be an upgrade a little bit from golf is, is really the arm strength of the deep ball. Um, I, I think, you know, with, you know, in Sean McVay's offense, there's a lot of play action, you know, uh, you know, when Gurley was healthy at his top of his game. You know, it was one of those things. It was an art of beauty. Then they kind of went back last year to more of the blocking and the running, even the way they coached the offensive line. But I think what you're going to see in McVay's offense and what he's going to be able to come to now is more of the deep ball with Matthew Stafford. And he's going to have some weapons over there. I mean, Cup, you know, um, Woods. He, I mean, they've, they've got some weapons on there, running back position. And they're playing in a division where there's a good chance um, – that they're going to beat each other up. I mean, it's going to I mean when you look at Seattle, you look at the 49ers, you look at the Rams, um that that that's really a tough tough division. Yeah, and, and that's yeah. where I think you that's where I think you nailed it. I mean, cuz the the biggest question mark on Stafford his entire career has been health. And yeah. when you're looking at some of those defensive fronts that he's going to face in the NFC West, I mean, this this could 
this could turn south for the for the Rams very quickly if Stafford can't stay healthy for oh, the next two seasons. That's a good point. That's Especially, a good point. I, I mean, as you as you point out, I mean, going up against some of the best defensive fronts in football in that division. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I, I agree. Uh, health is going to, especially that position, is key. But I think Stafford's. I, I think also they're getting a quarterback of Stafford that's going to come in with a little chip on his shoulder. Oh, no question. Cause, yeah, because Stafford has heard. I mean, look, man. You know, Detroit is one of those organizations. Organization, the Lions, they're just, you know, you, they're more known for Barry Sanders retired on them early than anything else. And, you know, they, they made the playoffs with Stafford one time. They lost to the Cowboys, controversial call that game. But they lost, you know, to the Cowboys at that time. Him and Calvin Johnson put up big numbers. But Matthew Stafford has had that that label on him, and, and people don't appreciate his game because he's stuck in that stigma of being a loser. Because of the organization hasn't really, really been ran that good since he's been there. So now, you know, you're getting, and the thing about the Rams going all in, because one thing we've seen in the McVay era, era so far, and, you know, with the Cronky and the owner the way he is, the no new stadium, all that, is the fact that they, they've gone all in a few times back to back years. That's why they don't have that many draft picks. I mean, they've done some trades. I mean, a lot of their money is tied up. I mean, um, and probably the best defensive player in football and Aaron Donald, um, you look at their, I mean, not only that, if you look at the Rams, they've got, they've got two, they've got two guys on the defensive side of the ball that are probably, you, you know, a lot of people put Aaron Donald as the best defensive player. And then if you look at Jalen Ramsey, Ramsey is easy. People are going to, if you poll GMs in the league and you poll GMs, coaches, not fans, but GM and coaches, he's a top three cornerback in the league. His personality has rubbed me a wrong, a wrong, you know, over the years. I've been hard on Jalen. I didn't like the way, you know, the whole, you know, showing up camp about the money in Jacksonville. He, you know, he's a guy that speaks his mind, but you can't deny his talents. You know, so if you look at the Rams and really what type of season, and I don't want to uh, eventually in the month of August, once everything gets settled and the business side gets settled in the sports ground, I definitely want to start early on the over under totals um, on teams and what they're projected. But if you look at the Rams, they've got on that side of the ball two guys on that defensive side of the ball that rank, and one's the best, and the other one's ranked to the top three at that position. So really it just comes down on the offenses. And I thought they made a good transition after losing Wade Phillips as their defensive coordinator as well, too. Um, I thought they transitioned. Wade is an, is a Hall of Fame defensive coordinator, not a great coach, but he's a Hall of Fame defensive coordinator. Um, so that was a nice transition for them in their defense, the way they played. But so I think with that said, the reason why I'm focusing on those two guys and where they're set on the defense, it really does come down to the offensive side of the ball. And like Sam said, the health of Matthew Stafford, but Matthew's coming in with a chip on his shoulder, man. Cause I think he wants to prove that he can win. Um, if you put him in the right situation with the right organization, um, I think from everything I've heard about Matt, he, he's smart. He's going to pick up on the playbook and McVay. Um, quickly, I believe, and this is luckily that this trade came down where they have a normal, you know, off season, uh, normal OTAs and stuff like that. When you're kind of learning a new system, and not only that, it's just when you, I mean, anytime that you spend a, you know, more than eight years or a decade in a certain spot that you do, especially if you're that quarterback position, it does take some time to get adjusted. That's why what Tom Brady did with Tampa Bay is more impressive than anything too. To uproot what you know for 20 years and then go get it done and win the whole damn thing in your first year there. Um, definitely they did it. They were very talented on the defense side of the ball, but Tom, the way he was able to judge, and you saw a difference
parts of that early on, even with Tom and Bruce. It was kind of like a struggle on which way we're going to do it. Are we going to do it more Tom's way? Is going to be Bruce offense? And I think, by the way, I think it was after they got their ass kicked and shut out by the Saints on that Monday night. That's when you started showing there was a there was a equal balance and a a, a kind of a, a mutual agreement on what they were going to do forward forward and giving Tom more things he was comfortable of doing and kind of got him on that run to go and win that Super Bowl. Uh, but definitely the Rams would be one of the teams in the mix if they can get good quarterback play from Matthew Stafford. 736-9760. All right, so in the last hour I told you CBS Sports, uh, one of their writers did a um, top 10 teams in the Super Bowl era. And um, I, I have some, well, it's not really questions, but I'm looking at it. And really when you come down to the number one team, I want to definitely talk about that. But Let's start really from the bottom. I'm going to give you really the first one uh, that they released or what they had coming in at 10, and they put the 1999 St. Louis Rams um, as number 10. If you look at tail of the tape, they had a 16-3 and overall record, including the playoffs. They scored 526 points at that time. That was the NFL record. And future Hall of Famer and league MVP, Kurt Warner. So they have them coming at 10. Don't really have a problem with that. That was a heck of a team. Uh, that was kind of our first of seeing like an offense that potent. And I mean, we went through, you know, I'm from the era too. You know, the I always, I've made this reference of the show a lot before, uh, but I was, I'm old enough to grow up and watch the K-Gun offense in Buffalo. Uh, I know when that hit the scene, that was something different. I mean, they really, I think Marv Levy and, and Jim Kelly, um, I think they deserve a lot of credit for really implementing the hurry up offense and making that really like for four quarters. Um, I never forget that first Super Bowl trip of them when they, I think it was the first one or the second one, they kicked the Raiders' ass. They were just tired. I think at that time, Howie Long was still on there and Howie was telling the, uh, Kelly during the fourth quarter, comment, like, hey, can y'all slow down? Take a time out. But I, I, you know, I think when the Rams came on 99, you know, a guy bragging groceries, working at a grocery store at your local HEB, Kurt Warner, and all of a sudden, you know, he plays in the Arena League, then he got to get a job, and then he comes in the NFL, Bolger goes down, Mark, and next thing you know, Dick Ramil's crying, and then Kurt comes in and leads him to the Super Bowl. So don't have a really problem with that at 10. Number nine, uh, the 1986 New York Giants. Yeah, 17-2 overall record. They defeated uh, the next two Super Bowl champions in the playoffs for a combined score of 66-3. They had the defensive player of the year and Lawrence Taylor. Um, Yeah, that Giants team led by Bill Parcells. And you got to think of how bad the Giants sucked, too, before Bill Parcells showed up. Um, And he got that turned around. Bill Parcells is personally in, in football. One of my favorites, I still give him the edge over Belichick. I'm a big Bill Parcells fan. That's my favorite coach of all time and Bill. So um, I might be a little biased on that. But if you remember that team, I think they, they, they knocked out the 49ers in the playoffs as well, too, on the way to that. If I'm not mistaken, maybe that was on the second one they won. I can't remember. Probably on the second one. I'm probably off a little bit by that one. But the 86 Giants, so they come in at number nine. We'll get to number eight when we get back. Also, uh, definitely want to talk about uh, we've heard some comments from Osaka, too, as well. She plans on playing in Tokyo 
Uh, she has some comments in her state after mentioning the uh, missing the French and now the Wimbledon. I'll put that out there as well, too. 736-976. You listen to the Sports Crime Broadcasting here from the Rounders Card Club Studios. We'll be back. All right, back here on the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Sandspin, the one and twos, broadcasting here from the Rounders Card Club Studios. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Zing Zang. Two words, a key to a perfect cocktail every time, and that's Zing Zang. They're the number one Bloody Mary mix in the country. They now proudly offer a wide range of mixers made with all natural ingredients, whether it's margaritas, pina colada, strawberry, daiquiri, or sweet and sour. Or you could just add your favorite liquor. That is Zing Zang, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Um, yeah, so, uh, real quick. So we've got the first ones that we let out. We, uh, told you the, uh, number nine, they, according to CBS sports, number 10 was 1999 St. Louis Rams. Number nine was the 86 New York giants. And number eight, this is before my time about, uh, what nine years before I was put on this earth coming out of my mother's womb. That is the 1966 green Bay Packers. 14 and 2 overall record featured 11 Hall of Fame players. Damn. And they became the first team to be um, crowned the NFL and Super Bowl champions. So that's the 1966 Packers. Don't really have a problem with that. We know that's been Title Town there. Uh, number seven should be higher on this list. And that's just saying, you know, I would say that anyway. But do you have the uh, number number seven comes in, 98 Denver Broncos um, on this list? You know, I said they should be higher. But anyway, 17 and two overall record, including playoffs, magical run. Featured Hall of Fame quarterback John Elway, Hall of Fame running back, NFL MVP Terrell Davis, outscored their playoff opponents 95 to 32. Juggernaut, man, you know. A lot of pressure on that team. Sam's laughing. It's like, here we go again. Another thing that fit Denver in. Hey, don't kill me. I didn't make the list. Number like a lot of a lot of you know, that's a team that a lot of pressure. Everybody know Elway got his ass kicked in the other previous four Super Bowl. They were never close. Those are some hard Super Bowls to watch, by the way. They were just not fun at all. Let me ask can, you this, because I can I can already envision there's probably I'm going to assume there's a cowboy team ahead of them on this list mm-hmm. and probably one from the nineties era. Mm-hmm. Would you say that Denver Super Bowl team, would you put them ahead of any of the 90s Cowboys team, Super Bowl winning teams? I would just say, to be be fair, I would probably, it'd be close to what people think, but I would probably still give the edge to Dallas. Um, I mean, if you look at it, I mean, because at that time you had – Troy Aikman, I mean, Elway was already showing some age at the time. I mean, Terrell Davis was carrying that team, um, started to have back problems. I I would still – I mean, a lot of people forget. I think Bubby Brister came in and filled in for like four or five – Elway missed like four or five games in the regular season that year. So I think Troy Aikman was still – he was healthy that time. He hadn't really started any concussion problems. And if you look at that offensive line Dallas had and, and dominating, I would probably say from a top-to-bottom skill positions and even maybe both sides of the ball, maybe a little bit, yeah, I, w- I would say that you would probably have to get the edge to Dallas and that 19. 
I would I, say off of that. It would. I mean, it wouldn't surprise. I mean, I'm thinking of the five best Super Bowl teams in my head, trying mm-hmm. to think of the list. And right. It, it, it wouldn't surprise me if Dallas was next or even flip flopping with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, you're getting you're getting warm there. Okay. I, I think, and and you know what, I'm I'm you know I'm just you know trolling and joking about them needing to be higher. I think that's kind of about right. I mean, that was a team that was very successful. I mean, they had a thousand yard receiver in Rod Rod Smith and Ed McCaffrey, which I got asked a few weeks ago at the shop that I think Rod Smith was a Hall of Famer, and I said no. I mean, I think Rod is. I mean, Rod's he, he he's definitely in the ring on in Denver, but I don't know if I have Rod actually as a Hall of Famer. But um, yeah, that's that's really about right. But that was definitely a special team. But moving on, number six. This is about still about a year year before I came on this earth, uh, so it's kind of before my time. But the 1976 Oakland Raiders. What's their tell of the tape? Let's see, sixteen and one. Coached by John Madden. John Madden, yes, sir. Hall of Fame coach. Hall of Fame. They had seven Hall of Fame players. Wow. Hall of Fame coach John Madden, sixteen and one overall record. That's that's Stabler, right? At quarterback. Yes. Gotta be. Defeated the defending two time champion Steelers in the AFC title game. Wow. So they had to knock them off. I um, missed it. What'd you say their overall record was? Was sixteen and one overall Ooh. record. That's including playoffs as well. That was including playoffs. Um, I forgot what the regular season schedule game was back then in 76. But, yeah, that's including playoffs. But um, let's see. John Mans, so they had yeah, Ken Stabler. Uh, they had a receiving core, talented receiving core. Uh, keep in mind, even on that other side of the ball, offensive line, Art Shell. I mean, he went on to be a coach for them, but he was a he was a badass at the offensive line position. Uh, they had another. Who was the other dominant lineman? Uh, Gene Upshaw. There you go. Yeah, Gene yeah, yeah, Upshaw, yeah. former commissioner, uh, was a, not commissioner, but a players rep, NFL players rep. Gene Upshaw. He was on that team. Um, yeah, they defeated the Steelers in the AFC Championship game, twenty-four to seven. So they're coming in number six. So the Raider Nation out there. Um, and here we go, number five. 92 Dallas Cowboys at number five. Okay. Which, you know what, honestly, I mean, I, and you know what, honestly, I forgot who they had really the next four or three, so I'm just scrolling through this because I looked at it earlier. But I want to see if we can make an argument. Uh, me putting my Dallas Cowboy, people know how I feel about the Cowboys, but me putting that aside, I'm going to see if we can make an argument maybe to move them a little bit up on this list. But 16-3 and three overall, including the playoffs, 16-3, they feature the triplets, the Great Wall, Dallas offensive line, three playoff wins by a combined score. Damn, one hundred and sixteen to forty-seven. Yeah, I mean, hell, the Super Bowl was what fifty-two yeah. to fourteen, something 52 like to seventeen, that. something yeah. like that. Yeah, three years after going one and fifteen, um, they had. Let's see here. The 92 Cowboys team first championship squad of the 90s was the best of the bunch. After winning an NFC East division, they include the previous two Super Bowl champions. The Cowboys defeated a talented uh, Eagles team in the divisional round before taking down the league MVP Steve Young and the rest of 49ers at Candlestick. As much as I didn't like Dallas, though, but I lived for – see, back then, when pre-salary cap, and that time in 92, 93, you knew automatically in week one – that the NFC Championship game was going to be the 49ers and the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, this is pre – I mean, you got to keep teams together longer than – they, they were together for two or three years. You didn't have free agents leaving and going that much. Hell, if, you, when they left, they just passed them back and forth. Right. Like they'd go from being a Cowboy exactly. to a Niner because the Niners would pay them more. Exactly. That was Haley, yeah, that was, Dion, that was Haley's first year. 
that ninety two season. Yeah, that was his first year in Dallas. And and didn't didn't Norton Ken Norton play for Dallas? Didn't he? Yep. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. Ken yeah. Norton, Dion, uh, Dion Sanders. Um, Charles Haley. But yeah, that 92 Dallas, I'm going to see if we can make an argument to move them up, even though it would pain me to say that, but I think there's some legit in that. That was a dominating. I've always said, man, as much as I haven't, you know, cared about the Cowboys, if, if there wasn't a margarita day for Jimmy Johnson and Jerry Jones at some bar where liquor got involved and Jerry got liquor courage, I say, hey, I can get anybody to coach Cowboys. They would have probably, I think, I think that's who the Patriots would have been chasing. This 20-year run with the Patriots, I think if the Cowboys, if they don't, if there's not egos the size of Texas between those two, pre-salary cap, the way that team was constructed together, with, and I've got a lot of respect as Jimmy Johnson as a coach, they would have probably definitely, they definitely probably would have ran off maybe four in a row somewhere. Around. Of course you can't factor everything. I predict we always, I always base it off of good health. You can't predict injuries, but without a doubt, I think that if that, that relationship allows to, cause I think eventually Jimmy would have wanted to go on to see if he could do it somewhere else, even if they wouldn't have ended on bad terms early. And I never forget that, man. I never forget coming home from school and turning on the TV and watching that press conference announcing that Jimmy was going to be let go. I, I, I was laughing for one because I was like, what are they doing? But I love the chaos. I was like, great, because I got tired of looking. I mean, they were dominant. It wasn't It wasn't really, you know, it's like twofold. Then it was kind of like you could hate the Cowboys, but they were so dominant on Sunday, like the whole to Novacek. I, there was plays they were running that you just knew. Everybody knew they were coming, but they were going to execute and do well. But I was just laughing because I knew exactly Dallas fans that I knew that were friends. that It was like, y'all screwed that up. That Y'all screwed that up. But the 92 Cowboys, yeah, man, without a doubt, that right there was the first one. They could have ran off a lot more if that, because I still don't give credit for, I, I remember arguing all the time with Salami. I don't really ever give credit too much for Barry Switzer and that one he won. I mean, I think Barry walked in. I mean, Troy Aikman, despite he couldn't stand practices the way they practices, they just was that damn more talented, everybody. There's no question. I mean, I, I think... I do think it's a little unfair to Barry to just completely dismiss his True, involvement yeah, yeah. in it because Barry was a hell of a coach. Okay, I mean not. I mean obviously uh, now you mean at the, at the are you talking? Level. Yeah, I was going to say you talking yeah. about the the OU Barry at college right. more than his. Th- okay, and I still. Right. I mean, I think if you put Dave Campo as the head coach of that team, <laughs> I think they still win the Super Bowl, but okay. maybe have a few more regular season losses. I feel you. I feel you. But definitely. At number five, don't really have a problem. Let's see if we make an argument for them to move up. Here, hold that. We're hold that one? It. Okay, yeah. We're going to get to the top four here and see if we've got to make an argument for that. Uh, but definitely I want to uh, center on. Let me make sure I had this right here. Yeah, I definitely want to center in on the top two, the top two that made the list. But, yeah, when we get back, we'll get to the top four. I'll touch on a few other things as well. You listen to the Sports Grind broadcasting here from the Rounders Car Club Studios. We'll be back. Today, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. Direct TV Stream brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So stop waiting and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. 
You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. All right, back here on the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Hazel Sky and Smoke Shop, San Antonio's number one premier upscale smoke shop. Eight locations here serving the Hebner area, the Dominion area as well also. Make sure you visit their website at www.hazelskyonline.com. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Brewster's Backyard Ice House, home of the free popcorn seven days a week, and their home of U275, $2.75 you call it. Every day, Monday through Friday from 4 to 6. That is Brewster's Backyard Ice House, official sponsor of the sports crime. Um, this guy, this kid's on fire, man. He's on everything. I think he's probably one of the top ones in the game right now. No question. Uh, yeah, man. I like him. I was probably just And it's early. Him. Yeah. It's early. I came across him about 2018, 17. Uh, you know, some of his earlier stuff. But, yeah, you know, it takes a lot for me to cut for these young cats. I dove in pretty deep like, at the beginning of the pandemic because okay. I was late on it. Yeah, too. I feel you. It's a good catalog. I feel you. Um, all right, so let's get into the top four of this list before we move on and get out of here. So if you just tuned in, we're doing the top uh, CBS Sports, uh, writer for CBS Sports, did a top 10 Super Bowl teams of this era, of the Super Bowl era. So if you're just tuning in, we uh, we started off with the uh, 99 Rams, who came in at 10. Then we went to the number 9, 1986 New York Giants. Then we went to the 1966 Green Bay Packers. They came at 8. 7 was the 99, 98 Denver Broncos. And number Six was the 76 Oakland Raiders, and number five was the Dallas Cowboys. And that particular um, game you're talking about, that Super Bowl, is 52 to 17, Sam. That romp over the, uh, okay. the Bills. Yeah. So, number four, coming in at number four, I was old enough to know what was going on at this time. I do remember this Super Bowl. It was the 1984 San Francisco 49ers, 18 and one record. Uh, they defeated the next two Super Bowl champions in the playoffs by a combined score of forty-four to ten. They and, and the reason why this was stands out because this is the only time and the first time Dan Marino got to a Super Bowl. Because I even remember thinking at that time, telling my dad, "Oh, you know, Dan'll be back next year. They'll be back." Nope. They shut out Dan Marino and the Dolphins, uh, who had a prolific offense at that time. Uh, they shut them out in the second half of that Super Bowl. Um, Let's see, their regular season, they had uh, 15 regular season games that they won. Um, Also, let's say they defeated the Giants 21 to 10, the Bears 23 to 0. Keep in mind, that team before the 85 Bears was decent too on defense. It wasn't 85 Bears yet, but they wasn't chopped liver, but they shut them out 23 to 0. And again, they went against Dan Marino, man. I mean, Dan Marino. he had the MVP that year. Uh, he had the league single-season passer record that year. Um, on defense, the 49ers, they had Ronnie Lott, one of my favorite safeties of all time. Um, they had three pole bowls in the secondary. They picked off Dan twice in that Super Bowl. Um, dominant, dominant, you know, uh, number four, coming in number four. Um, number three, those 85 Chicago Bears, 81 overall, 18 and one overall record. 
that was famous for the Buddy Ryan's 46 defense. And they allowed 10 total points in three playoff games. That's oh unheard of. That's unheard of. <laughs> 10 points. In the, I, you I've know, never heard that stat before. Yeah. And, and, I, and, and in my lifetime and what I've witnessed, um, the, without a doubt, I mean, I know we had the 01 Ravens, but the 85 Bears is the best defense in my lifetime. I know old school Pittsburgh fans of that 70, the steel curtain, they might feel otherwise. But, again, that was a little bit from my time. Just coming in this earth, but in Speaking eighty-five, still curtain. We haven't, we ain't got none, to that. Okay, yeah, we ain't got right, to. Right. We got to eighty-five bears though. Number three, definitely dominant. The only thing about that also that sticks in my side is that you know, rest his soul, but Mike Dicka, I get it, man. The big fat guy at the goal line, but you got Walter Payton there at the goal line. Gotta give him the ball, man. God let the sweetness score the touchdown. You know, it, it was, you know, I, look, the fridge, they did it on a Monday night, too. You know, Ward number 72, put them in. They were cocky because they were kicking everybody's ass. You know, Miami got that Miami Dolphins team got them slipping on that night unless they would have went undefeated. That one loss they had against the Dolphins that night, they kind of took them a little lightly because they were kicking everybody's ass until then. 83, uh, but 85, though, Bears coming in number three, uh, definitely a stellar thing. But the 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 only and I knew that was one of those Super Bowls. There's been a few Super Bowls that I knew were going to be blowouts and boring. And I still say the worst Super Bowl ever blowout for me lopsided that I knew going in was the Chargers versus the 49ers with Stan Humphreys. I knew that that was a waste of time. I was like, man, I don't even know if anybody the AFC had anybody that year that was going to challenge that Niners team uh, that year with Dion, you know, um, all those guys, Steve Young in his first Super Bowl, uh, but they come in at number three, uh, the 85 Bears. Number two, okay, number two is the 1972 Miami Dolphins. No way. Well, okay, this is the one that I wanted to kind of talk about, but why is your reaction like no way? Are you thinking like they should be one or on the list even, or what are you thinking? I mean, the the only team to ever go undefeated and win a Super Bowl has to be number one on my list. I think that's just that's just impossible to top. Let me see, because you know what? It's funny you say that because I felt a little bit different. Like, I get it. They went undefeated. But if we're looking like great teams, let's see. Okay, so they feet, they went 17-0, the obvious. Yeah, I guess they're they not fe- counting the record. Oh, okay, no, because this is only Super Bowl winning. Yeah, Super Bowl okay. winning. But, again, you make a good point, Sam. I mean, there's a reason why they're in the top two. I mean, they went undefeated. The closest thing we've seen is the Patriots that fell short after losing the Giants. That is difficult to do in any era. But they feature the league's top-ranked offense and defense. Didn't know that. I didn't know they had the number one offense Say and defense. They, the, they featured the league's top-ranked offense and defense. Wow. Yeah, I don't I know if that's that ever either. happened before that. I've never heard about that. They shut out Washington's offense in Super Bowl. Um, and they say nearly 50 years later, the 72 Dolphins remain still the only NFL's perfect team. Um, defense, Nick Bacani on there. Everybody knows about Zonka. Of course, Don Shula, the most winning coach of all time. I get it, but let's talk about that number one squad that's coming in at number one when we get back, and we'll touch on a couple of things before we get out of here. You listen to the Sports Grind broadcasting here from the Rounders Car Club Studios. We'll be back. In the kitchen, whipping, I'm rapping again. 
All right, back here on the Sports Grind. Today's show was presented by Hazel Sky Smoke Shop, San Antonio's number one premier upscale smoke shop. And this last segment of the day is going to be sponsored by the Fighting Rooster Sports Bar located off of Broadway. They have happy hour drink specials Monday through Friday. They show all the major boxing events and UFC events as well, too. And they have soccer viewing parties early in the morning on Saturday and Sundays. That is the Fighting Rooster Sports Bar, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Um, all right, so... Yeah, a couple things that we'll that I'll parlay to tomorrow. Uh, of course, we'll get game reaction. Um, we'll break down what happened tonight in Game Two, uh, but I'll touch on those Zaka comments tomorrow. And also, I want to look at the uh, NCAA, what the Congress has asked the NCAA to do. Which I wanted an opinion to talk about that. Is that really good for Congress trying to dictate NCA to kind of open their type of deal. But we'll talk about that uh, more tomorrow as well. And also something we did get to, I know I've touched on it here and there over the next few days, uh, but former Dodger relief pitcher, the, the news just gets worse for Trevor Bauer. I'm hearing today baseball has picked up and extended his leave of, uh, you know, absence because of charges. And I mean, this is, this is rape charges. So I finally read upon it. I mean, these are rape charges. I think the girl is 26 years old. Uh, but former relief pitcher and 1981 World Series champion, um, you know, uh, Stewart, uh, that pitch for the Dodgers, a relief pitcher, um, he's really ripped the Dodgers for the way they've handled the Trevor Bowers saying, hey, when the McCourt family owned it, this ain't the Dodgers. I know because they're coming up on their anniversary of their 1981 World Series. And he declined to participate because he was pissed and said, look, the way y'all have handled it is ridiculous. You know, not suspending him, waiting for baseball, putting him on this fake seven-day. He goes, there comes a times where morals are there. So he's he's kind of ejected out. And I think more people are looking at this of handling like way. And then if the MLB has NFL's power, like Adele, this was something that, you know, we always like to be because that's not the world we live in. Uh, innocent until proven guilty. It's the other way around, guilty until proven innocent. But also, if you look at other things in other sports and other things and situations like this, the league usually acts faster, the team acts faster because these are are very serious charges. And and I didn't and it's shocking because again, I just talked about Trevor Bauer. How he had a, a college a friend of his, a female agent uh, that he made history with to this contract. But uh, but we'll follow more of that. There's going to be probably more of that come about. Uh, but that's the only other thing that I can get to today. But all right, so the number one. So number two on the countdown of the top Super Bowl teams, according to CBS Sports, the top ten in Super Bowl era was the 72 Dolphins. And I kind of agree with what you're saying. Like, hey, if they're an undefeated team, to me, maybe it's because it was before my time. I've looked at them as just really as like, hey, they did it. They're the only undefeated. Guys get together to pop the last the bottle of champagne for the last team that wins every season. Mercury Morris, call me when they're on my block. They're not on my, that guy talks a bunch of crap. I love it. <laughs> I love the pop in the champagne. Yeah. It's so petty. You know, it's it's awesome. like, golly, like the one thing they're holding on to. But the number one, according to CBS Sports, the number one Super Bowl team in the Super Bowl era are the 1978 Pittsburgh Steelers. Seven and two overall record. Uh, dethroned the Cowboys in Super Bowl. In the Super Bowl, they thrown them, they beat them in the Super Bowl. But check this out. Ten. Featured Hall of Famers on that team. I, I don't know this, but I bet you a dollar to a donut. There's some teams in the NFL that don't even have 10 guys in the Hall of Fame. Okay? 
I, I could be wrong, but ten guys I off mean, of definitely one, some of the young, yeah, the teams like, for like sure. ten guys off of the Hall of Fame in one team. That's amazing. Um, I mean, if you look at it, of course, Chuck Knoll. I've talked a lot about him. The respect I've had for how him. How many? How many Hall of Famers did you say that '60s Packer team had? Let me go back to that because it was it was either ten or let me see the '60. So the '60 was the '66 Packers. Uh, they had. Well, they had 11. Okay. They had 11. They're right there. They have 11. Um, but when you look at that Pittsburgh, I mean, that was right there in the meat of the steel curtain. Um, let's see. It also says before the 78 season began, the Leeds Competition Committee enforced rules that encourage higher scoring. Hey, ain't it funny how things come in cycles? Yeah, and that was uh, 78 yeah. offseason. Yeah, we, that's been the topic of the last few years with the rules changes. Uh, less contact from defensive backs, um, but you know you have you look at it um, on that. The coach Chuck Knoll, Terry Bradshaw, he won the league uh, in Super Bowl MVP honors. He really gets no credit. I mean, I'm not a big fan of Terry. I've said that before on the show, but really, he gets no credit. He really gets for no those credit three. because he became the caricature. You think so? The, the, yeah, you think I mean, that's what it I is? think. If he didn't have nearly as uh, polarizing of a media presence, I think okay. he'd get more credit for the on-field success. Okay. The Pittsburgh offense put up 33 points on defending the AFC Championship Broncos. 34 on the Oilers. 35 on the Cowboys, Doomsday defense. They put points on them. Lynn Swan, John Stallworth each recorded 100 yards receiving days against the Cowboys. Uh, Franco Harris um, had a 22-yard scoring run in that one. But, yeah, the Steel Curtain, uh, Joe Green, Mean Joe Green, Blunt, L.C. Greenwood, Dwight uh, White, Jack Lambert, Jack Ham, Donnie Shell. Uh, they allowed a league low 12.2 points per game during the regular season. Um, definitely rules were different, but I, I, when I saw this first off, I knew automatically the Pittsburgh team had to be in the top one or two, and I knew Miami was kind of up there. But the, when I looked at this, I looked at it from like the all the, the Hall of Famer standpoint, and, I, and that's why I me mean, why I don't you know, show that much love as I should to the 72 Dolphins. But, hey, undefeated undefeated. But, anyway, man, that's a wrap. Special thanks to producers of the show, myself, Calvin, Sam, spinning the one and twos, San Antonio Corpus, Laredo, Austin, Del Rio, people up in the Shot City, people down the whole 305 South Florida region. When that alarm goes off tomorrow morning, before you hit the snooze button, before you're out the rack, just ask yourself, you grind in peace. See you tomorrow. Is your heating system ready for colder weather? An annual heating system tune-up from McCarthy Services will help make sure your system is working properly and efficiently to keep you warm and save money on your heating costs. Schedule your annual heating system tune-up today with McCarthy Services for only $29. That's right, only $29. But do it fast. This outstanding special ends soon. Call 866-838-1432 for details. License number 2705-142-9478. McCarthyHomeservices.com